0: Welcome to LameStream here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall.
1: My name is Steve Cavendish. You can follow me on Twitter at Scavendish. If you like this show, you can rate it, you can review it, you can subscribe to it, you can smash that subscribe button. Uh, yeah, you should tell people. You should, you should, you should, you should, you should. really be telling people. We, sh- in the season of sharing, season <laughs> of giving, give LameStream Sports. So some
0: college football playoff coverage talk today on the show we'll tell some stories about media meals as everyone loves later on uh of course and what access can actually do for your coverage not just uh, like telling the great stories about the personalities but the actual the the ability to predict what's going to happen in a game so we'll get to that seth emerson is going to be our guest of course he uh covers the georgia bulldogs for the athletic college football in the sec as well he's uh, a media nerd like us. And so very opinionated about access and what this, what kind of stories he's been able to write about Georgia Kirby smart and this particular team uh, and how different it is in the playoff situation than in the regular season. So a lot of really good stuff about Stetson Bennett, a lot of good stuff about assistant coaches and having access and all kinds of cool stuff from, from mm-hmm. Seth Emerson. Uh, we've got some world cup uh, TV ratings that are final. We've not, I don't think we've mentioned this on the show, the world cup final drew yeah, because it- we, we had to go early last week. So World Cup final drew huge TV numbers, but I want to compare it directly to the college football playoff. And I think some people might be surprised at what those numbers look like. So we'll do that before we talk to Seth. However, Lamestream Stream Sports is a podcast about Nashville sports media and business. It is hosted by Steve Cavendish of the Nashville Banner. Please sign up at NashvilleBanner.com for news right to your email box.
1: And it is brought to you by... Jaspers, always brought to you by the fine folks at Jaspers. I think almost every single episode has been brought to you.
0: By the fine and amazing folks at Jaspers, especially the navel gazing episode. If you missed our top ten episodes of 2022, please go back and listen to that episode. Don't miss it, people. It was capital J journalism at its finest.
1: Uh, it was <laughs> that, that it is, was something, wasn't it? That is for sure. Um, all right, so
0: go to Jaspers, everybody. It, we told you last week, great place to get stocking stuffers. Still a great place to pick up some uh, some gifts if you need any birthdays or holiday gifts, or if you're doing your holidays late, like. My my family does. We we always do uh, the gala days uh, a couple of days late because the brother comes. Gala into town. days, yeah, I know, I know. How
1: were how were the gala days? Were they well, good? They, were
0: they... they have they have not actually taken place yet at time of taping. My brothers come into town later. They're doing it for the New Year's. We're going to do spend all New Year's Day together, so I Jesus. I can still go get some stocking stuffers at really? Jasper's
1: because they got the grab and go market right there. Twelve days of twelve days of of Christmas.
0: It's been a lot. It's been a lot of uh, family uh, organizational structure the last uh, 10 days does, for us.
1: So does this mean you have to leave your tree up longer?
0: Uh, actually, we're taping this on Thursday. The tree is down as of today. She wow. She, she, she gets real antsy to put everything up, and then she gets real antsy to take everything down.
1: <laughs> it hit ha- She hits the shelf <laughs> She's done. life real She's fast. Done. She's <laughs> done. 27th, done.
0: Yeah, I walk in to tape the show uh at like two in the afternoon i and and the the christmas trees up there's decorations all over the house i walk out like an hour and a half later and everything's everything's gone (laughs) so it happens it happened the transition happens real fast um okay go to jasper's though great place to eat great place to watch games great place to celebrate the new year you can grab some gifts if you still need it uh and of course the free game room the great food and the free parking so go check out jasper's everybody uh real quickly here uh world cup final uh, pulled officially uh, what was the official tv total rating this includes peacock this includes telemundo and this includes fox what was the final rating for the u.s market watching the world cup final the great amazing awesome wonderful argentina was, and france match. was right
1: at 26 million people
0: i mean guys. Okay, so um, was that was that
1: give that's, me your
0: that's
1: thoughts up, on well and that number's up um from four years ago in russia which was roughly the same kind of time wise uh i I think the i think the game itself was a little earlier in the day here uh i think in russia it was uh, it was more of an afternoon game right uh but it was you know it was up 47 percent over over 2018 so a couple things going on there you had mbappe and france on one side and Messi trying to win you know, a capstone achievement uh, for his career uh, with Argentina, and, and I think a lot of people were really, you know, were there to see it. It was a fantastic game, uh, and you know, I, I, I don't know what it was. It was the best World Cup final of my lifetime. So, we,
0: yeah. So, so, so pretty, pretty well rated according to what your expectations were. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where do you think that final would rank among all sixteen? college football playoff semifinals we've had 16 games so far i've got the ratings for all 16 of them national tv audience where do you think that world cup final would rank among 16 college football playoff games
1: uh i, I you know it's it, it's in the upper echelon i mean I, you know I, I think it's probably you it, know it's probably top five
0: uh yes it would be number four it would beat <laughs> 12 college football playoff games, more people in the United States watch the World Cup final between Argentina and France than have watched 12 college football playoff games. Now, that's way more of an indictment on the college football playoff packaged with an extraordinary World Cup final. Again, the best of my lifetime. Um, and I think that this is interesting and certainly something that ESPN and college football is paying attention to because the highest rated one, 28.2 million people. The Ohio State-Alabama Sugar Bowl, which is the which was the big upset. Ohio State was a nine-point underdog. That's the very first year of the playoff, 2014. Number two, 28.1 million, same year, Oregon, Florida State. So clearly the newness of the playoff having a big impact. Certainly the brands helped as well. Uh, Oregon, Florida State, Ohio State, Alabama, the Rose Bowl. 27 million was the Georgia-Oklahoma overtime game in 2017, where Georgia eventually goes on to lose to Alabama and then the world cup would slot in right behind them. Then it plummets to 21.6 million, which was the 2017 Alabama Clemson game, which was really an ugly football game, 21 and a half million, the Fiesta Bowl, which was Clemson and Ohio State from 2018. Then it drops to 19 million, 19 million and last year's two semifinals. Georgia Michigan pulled 17.1 million people. It is the fourth lowest watched college football semifinal and Alabama Cincinnati last year, a 16.6 million. That's two of the least watched playoff matchups we have had in the era since 2014. So major ratings problems for the college football playoffs semifinals, which have not been good games.
1: No. And and we, and we talked about this last year, the uh, having them on, you know, having them on new year's Eve. uh, I mean, it's Saturday though, this time. So we'll see if that, that helps. It, it will, but not much. It, it, it might. <laughs> it might. I, I don't know. I, I I'm 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 dubious of this. I, I don't know that there's a lot of buzz for these for these playoffs. So
0: so three of the four lowest rated playoff semifinals were New Year's Eve, two of them last year. Um, the highest rated New Year's Eve game was the Peach Bowl, Alabama, Washington, Back in 20, it would have been 2016 season. That was a 19.3 million viewership. So I do think that Saturday will help because it does feel like college football, whether it's New Year's Eve or not. But you're not gonna beat like the big party.
1: You're you're never college, you
0: cannot beat a big party night. It's not gonna work. No,
1: you can't I I, I just I'm 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 skeptical. Um, but but as far as like I I think it's an interesting comparison though, because uh you have a situation where you have a lot of promotion for it. I mean, and Fox promoted the World Cup and the World Cup final uh, a lot um, <laughs> and they and they had that they benefited from from having stars in that game. um you know, you have about a month of promotion for the college football playoffs, and you know you you know sort of the 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 pieces that are involved there i, I I'm interested uh, I'm interested in if you think that this says anything about soccer or or is this anything about events, you know, people like, you know, people tune in for events.
0: I, I, so I think Argentina with Messi and France with Mbappe, you could get into that if you're not a, if you're not a fan. So I think the star power helps. I think.
1: I I saw a lot of people saying that too.
0: Let's, let's also be very clear. These TV numbers for the college football playoff games are ESPN cable television only. That is not plus streaming. That's not plus ESPN plus. That's not any of that stuff, Disney plus or whatever. Like it's not including the streaming. Whereas the world cup number, it was about 16 million on Fox television. They pulled another 9 million on Telemundo and Peacock plus. So let's be clear on that. It's not even apples to apples necessarily. Um, But I think the numbers for the streaming for the college football playoff are actually significantly lower Right, you don't have the large Spanish speaking element there. That's that's well, and the Spanish speaking
1: number. numbers for college football, uh, for for college football playoffs, are, are a rounding error. I mean, right, exactly, they, exactly. They they, they exist, uh, and and but but they're never more than you know a point or two. Yeah. So uh, I'll be
0: I'll be fascinated to see. I don't think you can beat, like, New Year's Eve is you have like a million other obligations. It's family. It's spouse. It's war, sometimes it's you know office parties. Like it's friends it's hard to compete with a, a night where like the wife is always going to win <laughs> for lack of a better, for lack of a better phrase. Like we're having like 20 people at our house <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and yeah. like, and like 10 of them are going to be under seven. So I'm going to be, in, <laughs> I'm going to be in the office like locked away watching the game while like chaos happens everywhere in my house. So, uh, but we told everybody, no belt loops uh, bring, bring your booze and let's have a good time. So it's going to be fun. We're going to see how uh, I don't, I, like, do you count that as 20? Does Nielsen count that as 20 people watching the game or 10 adults watching the game? Or does that count as
1: one household? Uh,
0: so,
1: I mean, there's it's gonna there, count as are, one household. there are ways of there are ways of projecting that 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 smarter people than I do. Uh, and, and, and they get calculated into event television in ways that like, yeah. you know, Tennessee, Alabama on a Saturday night in October doesn't get doesn't get right. Projected. All right. Well, it'll be interesting to see where
0: these two games end up, of course, Georgia and Ohio State, as well as TCU and Michigan. I imagine the TCU-Michigan game, if it's not a close game, will not pull a big – that that could be one of the lowest rated games we've ever seen. Um, but if it's close, always helps. Uh, should be great there. I think the Georgia-Ohio State game will, will do a big number because of the two big brands, the primetime slot – uh, it might go up and past midnight in Eastern time zone, by the way, which is also a major problem <laughs> in that the college games take four and a half hours to complete. Uh, but Seth Emerson's been on the ground in Atlanta covering the Georgia Bulldogs and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And we had a lot of conversation, long conversation with him about access, about writing about players, about Jalen Carter, about Todd Munkin, uh, uh, about Stetson Bennett, all kinds of great stuff about the Georgia Bulldogs and covering a college football playoff game. Uh, so here's our conversation with the athletics, Seth Emerson. Seth, live from Atlanta, live from the Peach Bowl, the college football playoff, an annual event now on the show. <laughs> Seth Emerson mm-hmm. joining us. How are you, sir? Good to see you. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. So let's reset for everybody, because you joined us last year. Talk A lot of talk about Georgia and the playoff and sort of the coverage of the team that you get to, to routinely be on the beat mm-hmm. with in, in Athens, but now you get a totally different sort of setup with the college football playoff. So try to, before we get into any details about this particular team, And this particular year kind of reset the stage for everybody from an availability standpoint and what you're able to do as a storyteller, regular season around the Georgia Bulldogs versus playoff around the Georgia Bulldogs.
2: Uh, We are basically back to 2019 in terms of at least the bowl, like this is back to everything's in person. We had a big media day on Thursday where every player, every assistant coach is available uh, for 45 minutes and, you know we've we've had stuff earlier in the week with the coordinators um the georgia itself is kind of just you know the, the same thing you know you rarely get assistant coaches um and the players are selected to talk to you and uh that that part has not changed but at least it's all been in person
0: well in, in, in person is a good start so how has it evolved this is your third playoff, right? Because you, you would have been on the beat obviously in the Rose Bowl and, and yes. then you got you've got now three playoff trips for the Georgia Bulldogs. Is there any change other than the pandemic stuff? Is that has there been any evolution in in terms of how you've approached covering those this this particular team in this particular event?
2: Yeah, because I'm working for a different outlet. Uh, you can take 21 and last year and put it aside because of the COVID yeah. stuff. Uh, that was going on, the the access was just all Zoom, and it was just kind of bad. Um, But when Georgia was in this in 2017, Rose Bowl and then the national championship, it was the same availability for both the Rose Bowl, Peach Bowl, and then the national championship if Georgia gets there. Um, But when I was working for the AJC slash Dog Nation, which was a quantity situation you know um write as many stories we were playing catch-up to all the stuff we missed during the season because we couldn't talk to coaches players etc and so we would go get all these interviews in a 45 minute span that we could or the earlier in the week interviews where you got like sit down availability that you don't normally get during the year and we were burping out as many stories as we could. (laughs) Um, and you know, like, Hey, what about what happened here? You know, and you talk to a freshman that you haven't talked to all year, you talk to assistant coaches who you haven't talked all, all, all season and, uh, get their perspective on, on stuff that you wish you could have asked a month or two ago, but this was when, and you know, maybe you save some stuff, but you mostly, like I said, write it right away. Um, now at the athletic, I, you know, i've written a story every day but i'm not writing for quantity i'm i'm i i found myself saving more stuff like i talked to the backup quarterbacks today and i haven't written and i'm not going to write what they said and i knew that as i was asking them questions i was asking them for like a story that will run after the season because stetson right. bennett is finally going to be moving on and whenever the season ends, um, I will write a story about next year's quarterback situation. I'll save those quotes. I, I talk to people for a story about tight ends, um, which maybe I'll run next week if Georgia wins. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm saving that stuff. Like you, you, you ask questions to save for later. In other words,
1: the the being at the athletic kind of kind of gives you a little bit of that luxury, right? I mean, to to focus on, to focus on quality versus quantity. Uh, I'm wondering how the balance is on how that balance is kind of with accessibility, because it's one thing to be able to say, Oh, look, I only want to write kind of, kind of these kind of stories, but then you run into the machine, which only gives you, you know, about this much access to uh, to, to get to some of the people that, that maybe you would want to for, for X story that you've dreamed up that, that you think would be you good ahead of a game? How do, you, how do you kind of balance all that?
2: Well, now I'm not like running myself into a brick wall of frustration anymore. Um, I understand that I'm not going to get certain people and that I can't write certain stories without those people. So I don't write those stories. I, I build around it. Um, I'm reliant more on analytics. Uh, I'm reliant more on just people that I can reach. I I write less about Georgia, um, particularly when they're playing teams that you know it's not ex- expected to be a close game. Like Samford week or uh, Kent State week it turned out to be a little closer than <laughs> was expected. Same with Missouri, but um, I I you know if there's stuff going on with the SEC. I write about that scheduling stuff. I did a story earlier in the year about. How games are lasting longer, um, and I am operating every day under that idea. Like the game time story uh, arose from being at Georgia's game against South Carolina, and it was a blowout. And you know, I wrote a story off of it, but I had some conversations, including with uh, an SEC official who was there, about length of games, and I was like. I make a good story, Filed it away, worked on it the next week. And yeah, so I've worked around everything. Um, But you have to stay in tune enough with the Georgia beat so that if news does break, you're on top of it.
0: It, you had access to the coordinators. Great piece. If you want to sort of get to know Jeff Monk and the offensive coordinator for Georgia, written by you at the Athletic, of course. Um, it, it seems like these rules, and I'm, I'm a big believer that you're sort of doing players a disservice by not allowing them to to speak their mind, tell their own story. It's a good it's a good opportunity to learn some life skills. Um, but certainly, for the
2: NFL, when access is right, is, you know, comparable to what we're having here.
0: Yeah, in your in your face, in the locker room after you drop the touchdown pass, like you're going to yeah. have to answer that question. And even if you don't play in the league, it's still good interviewing, re, you know, learning how to talk and communicate. It's just or like a good... you said,
2: getting your story out there, especially in the age of NIL. Right.
0: right. So let you you ju- the coordinators, I guess, fall into the same category, at least according to most NFL, or, or college football coaches. Kirby Smart's one of them where again, we talk about the access is limited, but it does feel like, and if you read the story uh, and you wrote about this, that, that Jeff Munkin had no problem wanting to share his mind. What, what did we learn about the Georgia offensive coordinator that we did not know before? Todd Munkin. Sorry, um, sorry.
2: Did I say Jeff
1: oh, multiple times? I wasn't
2: going to correct you after the first time. Oh, God. After <laughs> the second time. There's a lot of Munkins. There's also a Jimmy Munkin somewhere. Um, and No relation? Todd, yeah, he's a relation. He's a cousin. Um, and Todd Munkin's son is a assistant or a student assistant at Oklahoma State, where Ohio State's defensive coordinator was last year. And so one of the things Todd told us was, yeah, I hit my son up for advice, but he didn't give me shit. And it's sad. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm allowed to curse on your show. Yes, you I are. Yes. It, I'm it quoting it him. So, encouraged. Yeah. It, yeah. Good. All um, right. So, so t- what did we learn about Todd. <laughs> I mean, we learned a lot, and I'll go back to last year in making an argument for why assistants should be able to talk and that it's not just for the benefit of media hacks like me. Um, This time last year in the lead up to the Orange Bowl, there's all these questions about Stetson Bennett, and he's coming off a rough performance in the SEC Championship, this is still in the midst of people saying, why are they starting Stetson Bennett? they got JT Daniels sitting right there and blah, 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 blah. Munkin, uh, before you think we can win a national championship with him, here's why. And then the next day, Monk, or Kirby is available, and he says, yeah, I I, I really uh, liked what Todd said yesterday about Stetson. Well, why didn't you just let him <laughs> Say it during the year, or why didn't you say it? Uh, because it 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 led to a lot of you know consternation in, in the fan base, and you know maybe that doesn't matter to the team's final results. But in this day and age, the noise I think does permeate to the players and the the building as much as you may try and stop it. This year there there's really no drama. Um, it's not you know it's just it's can they repeat and what we learned about Munkin is he's hilarious. Uh, and he's got this just great dry sense of humor. Um, so many remarks, the one about, you know, his son not giving him stuff. Uh, when uh, it, someone asked him about Mike Bobo, who's an analyst and like Kirby's best friend, uh, college teammate. And, uh, also but, a
0: potential offensive coordinator for Georgia. Yes, Bulldogs. It, yes. Yeah.
2: And, and uh, Munkin says, yeah, when it was interesting when, uh, Kirby came to me about uh, maybe hiring Mike Bobo. I I, said, I knew that it didn't matter what I said; he was going to hire Mike Bobo. And <laughs> but but he made it seem like you know it was my idea when it really wasn't. But um, <laughs> but then he said you know but he's been awesome and everything. And and when it, it, when you have a coach or anybody kind of treat it that way, where they're kind of flip about it and humorous. It does not only does it provide good quotes but it also makes what they say next like more believable like if he had answered it like oh yeah Mike's been a great help and uh, <laughs> you know just the perfunctory kind of stuff people would be going mm-hmm. but um, and, and the other thing is like people sometimes say that like media members are or they want access they want to do interviews so they can do gotcha moments on On people and so they can you know twist words and and whatever and there's actually a little bit of that going on with some ohio state quotes that you can ask me about later this week um but like you all know that's not what we're looking for like todd munkin in a 27 minute sit down with us on wednesday did 27 minutes of like a comedy act and we ate it up (laughs) what he that did not leave much time he did a little bit of this today in his further availability where he shed some light on his thought process with Stetson Bennett last year and some things that happened. But when he did that yesterday with us, that didn't really leave any time to divulge any secrets and we don't care. We're not looking for secrets. We're looking for insight um, and, or just material. And when he does 27 minutes of, you know, cursing and, uh making wise ass comments about himself <laughs> and his son and his his boss you know we just we come away saying great
0: and and, and we and you got a great story out of the deal for georgia fans to yeah. to consume during the most important week of the season yeah and and learn something about their team like
2: that's mm-hmm. that's the real job here is to tell stories yeah yeah and you'd love to do that more um like Jalen Carter was available today and that is because basically he had to be he's only talked once, I think, in his time at Georgia. and was this wow. past spring. Good and, goodness. you know, he was he was fine. But look, Jalen Carter's going to be one of the first picks in the draft. And you know, I think he's going to be playing catch up as far as media experience. He, you, you can't you can't really hide up there. Um, and I think it's a little bit of a disservice not to, frankly, make him do more media, especially like have him do it in Athens, have him do it right with less people yeah. with a, I'm not going to say that we're a more, you know, compliant softer media, but when the team is number one in the country and reigning national champions, you're not going to get as hard a question as when like he gets drafted by, uh, you know, Seahawks the, might have the, one of the, the Texans, the Texans, you know? the, Texans. Yeah, there you go. the Texans, you know, and, You know, it's, it's, yeah, I think they they should prepare these guys a little bit better.
0: Lamestream Sports is brought to you by Steve Cavendish of the Nashville banner.
1: Jaspers, always brought to you by Jaspers.
0: Great. That's great. Jaspers is a great place. The parking is great because it's free, the food is great because it's a ball. The parking is great and it's free. Oh. It's not great because it's free. It's it's free, and then it's,
1: therefore it's, also,
0: and it's also great. What makes a parking lot great, Steve? It's plentiful. <laughs> I'm,
1: my, what's the my, my parking standards are fairly low here.
0: This is an ad. Well, especially for downtown Nashville, uh, Jasper's on West End, of course, one of the only places you can park for free and go eat a great meal. Um, uh, what's the what's the? Uh, this is an ad inside of an ad now, where the doctor is it the Doctor Rick ad campaign, which is one of the greatest ad campaigns <laughs> of all time. And they're walking, they're, they've parked their car, they're walking into the stadium. He's like, What do you think we're going to leave around the third quarter? And he's like, Why don't we wait until after the game has started before we deciding on when we're going to leave? And the guy's <laughs> like, Half these spots are compact. Like, that's how, that's how they make all their money. <laughs> and Jaspers, no compact spots, no all compacts, full size spots for full size cars. America. <laughs> America, um, uh, the food is great. It's a great place to watch a game, dude. Lots of bowl games. You got to get out of the house. You've been around the in laws for a long time. I've had a lot of family obligations. I don't mind getting out of the house to go watch. I don't know, perhaps on a Thursday evening, a a shell of an NFL football game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, At a place ugh, like Jasper's. That that thing is that. Yeah, brutal, brutal, brutal. Um, you know it's not brutal, Jasper's. Mm, the menu is amazing. Menu is great. Not free, but amazing. Uh, the menu is great. The uh, atmosphere is great. If you want to, you know, step out for a second, maybe play a little pop a shot, little, a little air hockey, a little, you know, whatever you have. Uh, you have a, a great little game room there right off of right off of the bar. Uh, you can do uh, There's just it is just one of my favorite places. Uh, to go and hang out and 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 see a game so
0: we talk a lot about sort of the versatility of jaspers and all the uh, epidemics they've been solving like they've got great happy hours they've got the free parking they've got the free game room they've got all this other stuff we, we sort of probably need to like actually read some menu items occasionally on <laughs> during the ads because the food is truly epically good like it's very very good um so i just you know i thought i'd i'd mention a few things if that's okay with you steve things that i, I enjoy that's absolutely fine how about some wedge potato fries, house-made chorizo, nacho cheese, salsa roja, green onions and poblano cream?
1: All all all, all very nice words. I like <laughs> all of those words in combination. <laughs> ch- ch-
0: chorizo chili cheese fries. God bless America. So good. So good. Uh, one of my favorites is the shrimp and goodies, uh, chilled shrimp greens, amarillo potato salad, avocado, carrots, capers, cilantro, red onions. Tossed in a ceviche sauce and it is very spicy. So it sounds like vegetarian and kind of healthy, and it is. But it is very spicy. It's not for the faint of heart. One of my favorite menu items in the entire city: shrimp and goodies.
1: Uh, I'm a I'm a classicist. I like I like wings. <laughs> I, I like uh, I like and at Jasper's I, I'm a i prefer the bang bang wings. Very good. I, I'm not a big buffalo wings guy. Although you don't you know, like spicy buffalo wings. I mean buffalo's fine i just I, I like other versions of it uh bang bang's good they're garlic parmesan wings really really good
0: and, very i very underrated and one of my favorite parts about the versatility of this menu is that when you get to the like the entree portion you've got smoked pork chops you've got seared salmon you've got pasta bolognese you've got steak fajitas you've got a west end chimichanga you've got creole pasta like it, there there's you can't like put them in a box like they don't, well, they, they don't, they don't run one offensive system. They run multiple systems.
1: Well, and unlike unlike other sports bars, I mean, how many how many sports bars would you say that you could go into and be like, you get to like the big portion of the menu and be like, oh, solid. That's well, really that's really that's that's really great food. No, you, you're there for like a burger. You're there yeah, for yeah, yeah. a slice or something like that. You're, you're not there for the food. Oh, Jasper, to which
0: Jasper's does that better too. Yeah. Like their, their burgers and their wings and their collet and their steak fries. And so good. Cheese, so already better. But then but then they have they have entrees with French words in them. That's not a thing that happens at sports <laughs> bars. <laughs> That's not a thing that happens at a sports bar. You don't get a Bolognese. <laughs> I don't even think I'm saying that right. <laughs> You're not.
1: Go to Jasper's. I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested now that we've had kind of full-blown nil here what you saw of nil kind of during during the season and then kind of have has you have you seen evidence of uh, of kind of nil deals uh this you know this past week here when seemingly if you know there would be the most possible exposure for for Mm -hmm. anything that was going on
2: no um it hasn't had a huge tangible effect. Um, if anything, what it has is kind of, it's been a little bit of a release of pressure of like worrying about NCAA rules. Uh, nobody's worried about whether the, you know, they're going to suspend Brock Bowers for signing autographs in the middle of you know, <laughs> the season. Right. Um, And and I see Brock Bowers on billboards, Stetson Bennett's on billboards, players here and there, and and I'm starting to get used to it. You know, we've all had lifetimes of oh, these guys can't talk; they they can't profit off their name, image, and likeness. Um, And now they can, so that's that part's getting a little uh, easier to to see. But otherwise, you know, I, I it's it's there may be things that we we find out and there may be things that develop but at the moment it's not like it's been this day-to-day huge change um at least around here
0: um i, I it's so funny as soon as you ask that question steve and seth you start talking i'm just all i picture is todd gurley sitting on the bench <laughs> it's just like i can't <laughs> yeah. believe i can't believe we lived in a world where a guy was suspended four games For citing some autographs, but that—that's—he's going to win the
2: Heisman. You either win the Heisman, and (laughs) yeah,
0: neither here nor there. Um, I want to go to Ohio State because you don't cover Ohio State. I'm curious. Number one, how much do you think your your audience, Georgia football fans, care about your perspective about Ohio State? They can consume Ohio State content all they want, and if they've got an athletic (laughs) subscription, there's really good writers covering the team. And and I'm just curious. So how how much do you focus on the other team because you actually have you know you've got access to them as well. And it's a big time program, huge name, huge brand. How much does your audience care? And how much work do you do off of Ohio State? We'll get to the the, the Jack Sawyer quotes in a second, but yeah, I mean, how much work do, you, do your how much work does your audience want you to do off of the other team?
2: Uh, well, on the one hand, I let our Ohio State writer Cameron T. Uh, Robinson, who's here, um, does a great job. I let him talk to the Ohio State people. He knows them. Uh, he he knows the team better. Um, He and I have been kind of exchanging information, uh, having lunch together, dinner together, you know, and and basically educating each other on, on the other team as much as we can. But I've let him kind of handle that. On the other hand, this is a week when I've written about the matchup, when I've written about the X's and O's and the individual player matchups and offense versus defense and such that I get a lot more engagement and interest. Uh, I think the only other time this season that's been the case is the Tennessee game and the Oregon game. Otherwise I don't think you can write like stories breaking down, right. How George is going to do against South Carolina, even, uh, that was entering week three. And I think everyone expected that to be the blot. It was, you know, no one knew the Missouri game was going to be the way it was, but I wasn't going to, you know, write, Get any interest off of that. But um, it is a little refreshing uh, that you can write about the actual game. And rather than just trends uh, now features, like just forget it. It's got to be, you know, we were, I, I kind of don't write daily yeah. features anymore. Um, the Stetson Bennett, Feature for early December We did, I did uh, As an exception, it's got to be something extraordinary Like that, but yeah the, the the There's a Tremendous interest In this matchup, but like To the extent of write about the matchup you yeah. Have stats, have Some quotes that support it Have analysis, but I'm not going to sit here and write a feature On C.J. or Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, Cameron can Write that, but I don't think Georgia fans are going to be interested in that. And I don't think Ohio state fans are going to be interested in if I write a feature on, on Brock Bowers.
1: I was interested that at the world cup, there was, um, there was a fair amount of kind of air traffic control that was going on behind the scenes with the athletic staff, because there was, there was a bunch of athletic staffers over there covering, covering it. And so when it came to like, for instance, us England, where you had, two kind of big concentrations of writers. There was, uh, I think there was a lot of conversation going on, you know, as this is narrowed down here to the playoff and and kind of the, the big programs, how much, how much kind of communication is going on behind the scenes? You said, you know, you and the Ohio state beat guy are, are having, are having meals together. Uh, You know, how much kind of coordination with editors, how much with, with kind of, with other beats and kind of like looking ahead. I mean, you're obviously, probably looking ahead a little <clears throat> bit to next week if it, and, and thinking about planning out if Georgia were to, were to win this thing. How, how annoying yeah. is
2: Mitch Light right now is the question. <laughs> I have not seen Mitch yet. Um, <laughs> he is getting here. He might already be here. Uh, but I, I think we're, we're all, for the most part, we've been here, done that. Like Andy Staples and yeah. Jeff Schultz are the other two people here, and those are you know on the athletic staff, two of the people, especially Jeff being he's in Atlanta um that i've worked with the most so um uh, we like after media day today um before media day and after media day the four of us kind of get a quick confab and said what are you writing what are you writing cool um and that's the kind of thing that's standard and if you work well with people there's not much like fighting over angles uh like jeff wanted to write jalen carter and i said that's great. that's one less thing that I need to do. <laughs> I have an angle I'm working on. Uh, I need to go get quotes for that. Um, Andy had an angle um, and he did his, and Cameron I just you know let him do his thing on Ohio State right for his audience. Uh, I, I you know we we work well together, we talk, um, then we let our editors know because we each all have different editors, uh, but then Mitchell take over when he <laughs> when he gets here. Um, so does
0: Ohio state actually have an advantage across the board?
2: <laughs> uh, not across the board. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't know what, what I'll, I'll put it back to you. I mean, you, you know what I'm talking about. Like I, I heard about that cause I saw a couple tweets and I'm like, and I wasn't in the room for it because the, uh, this happened on Wednesday and there's two different rooms. There's a press conference room, which is what most people see. And there's no video in the other room, which is a breakout room. And in the other room, the press conference room, where those comments were made, they do a transcript, whereas the breakout room, it's kind mm-hmm. of a nice setup. Like us print people can just get our quotes and like they are exclusive to us. We don't it doesn't get blasted out. Um, the, the Ohio State guys seem to be asked. I didn't know which media member it was, but it must have been someone from Ohio because um, I didn't recognize them ask the question of like, well, everyone's talking about these advantages that the the Georgia offense has over you guys. Do you guys feel like you guys have advantages? And I I thought they may have answered it slightly clumsily. Like, you know, there was a better way to say it rather than just kind of repeat, sort of repeat the question. But by no means, if you watch that video, do you come away thinking – that they are saying they have a bit advantages, literally all over the place over
0: Georgia. I, I completely agree with your analysis of it. Like, could it have been better worded? Sure. Did did it mean the way it was clipped and plastered all over social yeah. media? It didn't mean that at all. And that's it, it's and that's very clear. What
2: that's what hurts our access yeah. is when we yeah. do things like that. And they the, the guy uh, I think it was Zach Hudson came back today. Someone asked him at, at media day, and he was like, "Yeah, look, it got misconstrued. Blah blah blah." And I see Georgia fans saying, "Oh no, he's having to back up." I'm like he didn't—he didn't have to. It's all back garbage. Up yeah, and it's—it's it's, all- it's that kind of thing <laughs> that gets used as an excuse to cut off everybody's access. It's like this is why we don't make players available to you. Um, And in my mind, like watching that video, it was kind of like this is what we're—we're we're turning into bulletin board material. Yeah,
0: it's—it <laughs> it was so. It's again all the I, the the out of context complaints, and I think to your point, like ninety nine point nine percent of the work that is done in sports media is not trying to get that out of context headline. That's not the goal. Right. Like that's not the point. Yeah. Occasionally it happens, but also sometimes. Occasionally people say stupid shit. So like it's just sometimes it's it's yeah. six and one, half a dozen the other. Um, I do want to ask you. I will I will ask you one question about Stetson Bennett. I, I, I wait till the end every time I talk to you. I wait till I, the end. I
2: feel like his official biographer, so I'm ready. For <laughs> it.
0: So so here's But I here's the. The the two part question here. Number one is that if they do finish the deal and win the national championship, like where does Stetson Bennett's story rank historically among all time college football stories? In I'm talking like 150 years of football. Mm -hmm. Like there's Tommy Frazier. There's like AJ McCarron. Like there's I don't know where his story would rank, but it might be the most extraordinary quarterback tale ever told. And then number two is like, are you how much are you looking forward to not having to talk about him anymore, or is that something that you actually have enjoyed this year because of sort of the story being so extraordinary?
2: I've I've enjoyed it this year. Um, I there was part of me that when we didn't know if he was going to come back this year, that was like I'd kind of be glad to be done with the the whole like drama about it and and stuff. And I, I saw some of it when he decided to come back. The so fans were upset. It's like, you know, need to get on with the future here. You know, JT Daniels is going to leave now. Um, but as it's played out, it's validated uh, everyone who defended him. Um, and I was one who this time last, well, before Munken's comments, um, was saying, if JT Daniels is healthy, maybe they need to give him a, a harder look in practice and just see. You know, I didn't say, you know, I, I was always kind of like, Mm. Right. I don't really know, um, but after the playoff, I was like, "Look, people, if if, <laughs> if, if you, I don't, I don't know how you cannot want him to to come back if you want Georgia to have the best chance to win games in 2022. I don't know if with JT Daniels or Carson Beck uh, they would be in this position.
1: Um, did Saban screw that up for everyone? Did did Saban Pulling the switch, uh, mm. in, in a in a playoff situation, screw it up for every uh, every program that has, you know, more than one good quarterback it, in it.
0: Which which also is something that's baked into all football mm-hmm. fandom, right? Like we hate yeah. the coordinator and we love the backup quarterback. Like that's just yeah,
2: we've that's a that's a good question, Steve, because everyone has always loved the backup quarterback, but how many times has there been an instance when? that happened when Saban did that it it would we've lived in a world now six years since that happened and and I'm like you know you think back to Jeff Hostetler led the Giants to a Super Bowl but that was a Phil Simms injury happened during the season um Earl Morrill uh yeah how about that name (laughs) yeah the, the Dolphins went to the Super Bowl with their backup David Woodley they lost to the Redskins but um it's happened but like has it ever happened in a game like that um, yeah. so yeah, I don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we're, we're going to hear about it. If, if Stetson struggles Saturday or in the national championship, there's going to be people who's going to say, we've got to put Carson Beck in there. It's just, it's just the way it is. I mean, I, 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 like how things have played out for Bennett this year. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to follow how the competition to replace him, uh, goes in, in 2023. So, so
0: quickly, can you, can you try to put perspective on the story? Should he finish the deal oh, with, two, yeah. with two rings? Like, yeah, again, yeah. I, I think you could argue it is the most extraordinary story yeah. ever told of about a college
2: quarterback. I wonder if we're going to need some time away yeah. to appreciate it. Uh, Cause in the moment it's almost getting to the, it already probably has been, and definitely is to this point where people now just roll their eyes at the story when they hear it again, not because they don't like the story, but they're like, okay, this again, we've, we've heard this. Everyone knows right by now, the further we get away from it. Will we look back and go, Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, <exactly>. That happened. <laughs> and it, it's not just the case of a walk on who then like, you know, this wasn't Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield walked on, but like it was apparent right away. He was better. He transfers to Oklahoma, you know, it's just kind of Stetson. It's the, it's the, you know, there's made for, this is what I, when I wrote the story and I talked to his mom, especially about it, like even his mom said, everything was perfectly set up. There's so much drama for the screenplay. You know, he, he transfers away from Georgia. He transfers back. He is thrust in the game in Arkansas. Everything's looking great. And then he gets benched and 2021 he's forgotten. And then as Todd Munkin uh, talked to the media about today, and I wrote this. Um, you know, before UAB, JT Daniels can't play. It's between Carson Beck and Stetson Bennett. And it was very close, as Munkin said. And then Bennett, they were, outplayed him in practice. And, and the rest is kind of history. Um, and then the drama's all there, everything that's happened. And then is the Disney movie going to end in Indianapolis last year, him crying, <laughs> hoisting the trophy. And then they'll go to the credits. And right before the credits, they'll say, and he came back the next year and won another national championship, you know, <laughs> and was a Heisman finalist and and everything. Right, right. um that's if he wins the national championship. But like I I, I don't know. I, I don't know if he will, but he went to the freaking Heisman yeah ceremony. I mean, it's it's just an extraordinary story that uh I think it's one of the best. I asked Buck Balou today, like right. Are you rooting against Stetson? Because, uh, you know, that'll mean someone else has na- now a quarterback has two national titles at Georgia. And he's like, no, 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 I, w- I want him to do it. This is just, just, you know, uh, there's a lot of us who won one. Uh, we need someone to win, two. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's just it's an extraordinary story. Uh,
1: perhaps my most important question for you is this. Uh, I saw Richard Johnson. Uh, <laughs> tweeting out from the Fiesta Bowl uh, that they had made a change and that in the press area they were going to run a breakfast buffet until 3 a.m. after the game uh, for the for the assembled media who are who are there like trying to get stuff done after <laughs> the game, uh, which is massive news. Has the Peach Bowl responded uh, with anything here or uh, I have not.
2: Check um their, their food situation's been really good uh, a lot of chick-fil-a sandwiches for breakfast sure, in the morning I'm which sure. is fine um i've had my yeah. fill of that but yeah. uh constant <laughs> lunch constant dinner very attentive uh you know we we media members bitch a lot i spent <clears throat> this time last year bitching a lot about what happened with access but the the peach bowl has been great um and uh yeah let me give credit to matt garvey and, and their staff uh I, I told him that in person today too.
0: Uh, all right. Well, so we'll let you go here. I know you're very busy. Uh, I will ask you a football question, and that is, I, when I was on the floor of the Sugar Bowl in 2014, going into that Bama Georgia, or Bama Ohio State game, I, I could see that Ohio State was as talented, if not more talented. They were just as big and as snarling as Derrick Henry mm-hmm. and and all the guys that played for Alabama. Uh, I don't get the sense that this Ohio State team is the same as that Ohio State team. Um, and I get the sense that Georgia is. Uh am I out of line here? Or, or is is you know, I've late laid, laid the six and a half.
2: <laughs> you know, Ohio State, when you line them up, they're they're they don't they have the same overall talent base as Georgia, like level talent base. If you look at the 24-7, like number five stars, four stars, three stars, they're they're right there with Georgia. Um but matchup wise, you don't see much that favors Ohio State. The one thing that does is their receivers yep. because their receivers are so good and they have a quarterback and get them the ball in today's college football. Sometimes that might be enough. And if they're I mean, I'd be shocked if they're able to run the ball on Georgia. I'd be shocked if Georgia isn't able to get a lot of pressure on C.J. Stroud, who doesn't respond well to pressure, but maybe he does this game. Maybe Ohio State has a really good game plan. Um, I I think a lot of things have to go Ohio State's way, but look, it's Ohio State. They've got the talent. They've got maybe the two best wide receivers on the field, not when you count Georgia's tight ends, but those, Marvin Harrison and Buka, are really good. Um, Yeah, I mean, it it could happen if you have a bad stetson bennett day his gunslinger ways come back and you know i it it, it could happen
0: steve i heard a lot of maybes and ifs in there uh that's what i heard <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what i heard seth thank you so much man uh enjoy the weekend happy new year and uh we'll talk to you again this time next year happy when you're year, just going for number three so yeah <laughs> thank you bud thank you seth thank you appreciate thanks. it thanks Oh, Seth Emerson from The Athletic. I love talking with him. He's got some like, I, you know, sometimes you and I occasionally get a little grumpy about stuff. You know, if I say Music City Baseball or Gannett, you just get your face gets red and you get a little grumpy. I love talking to Seth. Not only is he a great writer, very good storyteller, super smart guy, but he gets so grumpy about media. <laughs> I, I love talking to him about this stuff because even in his great article about Todd Munkin, as you alluded to, as we talked about during the interview, he can't help himself within the first like three graphs. He's like, you know, awful garbage, atrocious media availability rules aside <laughs> and then tells like the great story. So, uh, he, he he's, he's a media man's media man, if that makes any sense.
1: You know, uh, these, these events are uh, these events there's too much media there. I mean, I don't, I don't mean that in a, in, a, in the, the, a bad sense. I just mean, it's hard to do your job when you and you know, 500 other people there are all there to do the same thing. You you don't have as much kind of flexibility as you would on like a, you know, like a September, uh, a September game or a practice, you know, a practice back for the, for the home team that you're covering. Um, you, you don't have it as, as we mentioned, you don't have as much availability, but there is a value to being there. There's a value to, uh, there's a value to seeing people to, to kind of, kind of investing the, the time and energy around the event. I I mean, you, you've covered a few of these, you know, what did you see on the ground that helped you sort of understand how, how a game was going to be played, how, you know, kind of, kind of how things were going to go.
0: So uh, the the one that's the most watched of all time still to this day, which is the very first one on the first day, it's technically the second game. It was Alabama, Ohio state and the sugar bowl. It was the 2014 season. I believe it was New Year's Day night, 2015 calendar year, technically. And I'll get to the. Me- By the way, there's a great medium meal story uh, that you'll you'll appreciate um, from that night. Again, being in New Orleans, sorry, Peach Bowl. <laughs> it, it wasn't it wasn't Chick Fil A biscuits, dude. They didn't they didn't deep uh, deep <laughs> They weren't de chicken breasts off the truck to serve to the media at the Sugar Bowl. I'll just leave it at that. Um, no, but I, I remember walking around, and Titans fans, like, the, the first time I stood next to Derrick Henry and talked to him was at that media availability. You couldn't talk to Derrick Henry because I think he was a backup to TJ Yeldon at the time. And I got to, like, stand next to him and talk to him. He's, like, a 19-year-old kid. And I was just like, oh, my God, for <laughs> first of all. But I could see... Walking around with the Ohio State players, they were a a nine-and-a-half-point underdog, and this was like four days before the game. And you could just tell that Joey Bosa, Marshawn Lattimore, Von Bell, Michael Thomas, Zeke Elliott, like this whole entire roster, Urban Meyer-built roster, of like NFL studs, you could just tell they were different than the other teams Alabama had played. Like, I'm not saying I picked Ohio State to win the game. I didn't. But you could just, in that moment, you could tell a story about how These guys aren't scared. You could see it in their eyes that they were angry, that they were representing the Big Ten in a a, a big way because this was back in the middle of like, you know, Alabama had just won, I think, three out of four national titles. And they were pissed off for greatness. And they looked every bit as talented, walking around in sweatpants (laughs) as Alabama did. And I'm willing to bet you when Seth walked around in, at Ohio state media day on Thursday that he probably did not see the same level of athleticism that Georgia has. Um, that's just oh. my, that's just my guess. Well, this Georgia team is right. Whoa. Right. But that Ohio state team had like 25 NFL players on it. Like a bunch of first round picks. Like they were loaded. Gonna, gonna,
1: gonna like, like 10 or 11 first round. Loaded. Picks in that?
0: Yeah. Lo- absolutely loaded. And not just like average NFL players, like really, really good NFL guys, players. That
1: are, guys that are still starting today.
0: Yes, absolutely. And so, you you could kind of tell that story. Like, again, there was like, you know, Blake Sims felt very average when you got close to him and talked to him. And, and he is probably one of the quote-unquote worst quarterbacks Nick Saban has had. And you could see how elite Ohio State was when you're up close and personal with them. So it certainly helped tell the story. And then my favorite part of that game was after the game, we're in the tunnel and Ohio State's filing back into the locker room and Gene Smith, the athletic director, standing right there, and, and he's starting to talk about, you know, this is why we need expansion of the playoff. Like he's already going. He's already on a soapbox about all this stuff. Darren Lee, uh, another first round draft pick off that team, middle linebacker rolls by. He was the MVP of the game. He rolls by on a, on a cart and he stops and he gets off and he looks at all the media and he's like, we're a seven point underdog to Oregon. When are y'all ever going to learn? And he just like laughs and like walks off. like like somehow the press corps had something to do with vegas setting the line or something but like it was clear that they were pissed off like they were like we're not going to take any shit from anybody and they ended up winning the national title because of it i'm curious if i'm curious if michigan is like that right now that they look way better than tcu and that they're pissed off for greatness i'm curious
1: i I don't i don't i don't think they have the same horses that uh i don't think they had the same horses that uh no Cardell, no, Cardell. No, Cardell Jones on that on that Michigan team. No, but uh, Michigan team's really good. So they're really I get, good. I, I think they're going to pace.
0: Think they're going to paste yeah. TCU. So I get back to uh, the hotel after the game. We finally take a shuttle back to the hotel. This is in New Orleans, and everybody's writing. Like it's Brett. I'm sitting there with like Brett McMurphy and Andy Staples and everybody on the national beat. I'm I'm writing for Athlon at the time, and we're all writing. And they roll out a cart of 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 uh, local New Orleans uh, local brews. So they've got the giant cart of like a big cooler of beer. So it's all like, you know, Abita. I was just saying, and it's, yeah, it's yeah, there's a bunch of all, Abita and yeah, a bunch of awesome local New Orleans brews. So everyone's drinking beer the whole time. And then they have a uh, it's gumbo, like a giant vat of like unbelievably well made gumbo, like just all kinds of killer New Orleans like shrimp and grits like it's just awesome food i finished writing the story i think i filed it with my editor at like five forty six a.m <laughs> or maybe it was like four forty a.m and i got an hour of drinking in before i had to take an uber to the airport to get on a se- like a 7 a.m flight to come home oh, brutal never went to sleep brutal Didn- didn't go to sleep uh my wife and i did have a wonderful time in the quarter on new year's eve the night before though so she she flew down and She had a free free hotel room (laughs) in in New Orleans for uh, New Year's Eve. So that was the only day off the entire week was New Year's Eve. So that was pretty cool. But uh, unbelievable food, beer, awesome service by the Sugar Bowl in a great city, and the most watched playoff game to this point, and a huge upset, Ohio State over Alabama. It was one of the most memorable moments of my career, honestly.
1: So, How do you think this is going to go this weekend? Do you think it's going to go? Georgia, Michigan. Georgia, Michigan? Yep. Famous last words on the podcast. <laughs> I would, I would, I would give, I would give something very good in order to see an Ohio State Michigan rematch. Oh, okay. So
0: here's a good media angle to finish up on. Just to, and we'll talk about this next week if it happens. If if I ask everyone listening and on any platform, what do you what what do you want to see? Like you just ask me, maybe what do I want to see? It's all Georgia Michigan. Everybody wants to see Georgia Michigan. Everyone's going to lie to you. And they're all going to tell you they don't want to see Ohio State Michigan. The thing that would draw the biggest ratings, Ohio the state national Michigan. championship, would be you're all. It would be absolutely be Ohio State Michigan. You're all saying you don't want to watch Duke North Carolina in the final four, and then you all watch it. Yeah. So don't tell me you wouldn't watch Ohio State Michigan. It was, it, it, and it also blows up the whole deep state SEC ESPN cabal thing, where like they they just want to get the SEC to championships. I'm like, no, they actually want Ohio State Michigan. That that would be the biggest rating, I would imagine.
1: I would I would agree with that uh, and kill to see it uh, because because I think that is a game that would have stakes brings in the casuals too in, in, in a way that in a way that Georgia being in there just would not Georgia TCU I think is the disaster scenario for yes. that. You know what the point spread would be sixteen and a half 16 and a half. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Uh, the, that that would be the that would be the nightmare scenario for for for, for the, the the suits
0: yep georgia michigan would be i think the best football game potentially well i mean it would be the i think the best two teams that and that would be about an eight point spread the by far the lowest spread and by far the biggest tv ratings would be ohio state and michigan i just think it would not be, even
1: close I, I just think it would be high drama um yep
0: the, Ryan Day's the, coaching, the, Ryan Day's coaching career, Jim Harbaugh, like winning a try to win the, a the natty. pressure on both
1: yeah. of those coaches, the pressure oh. on those players, palpable, Um, I, you know, Michigan coming off two straight wins over Ohio State. I just, you know, I, I, I'm not, you, you don't have to tell, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> but uh, I do think a, gr- I think Michigan is going to play extremely well against Georgia. Should that be the matchup? But we'll talk about that next week on the show uh, go to jasper's everybody parking is not only free but also great those are two mutually exclusive things apparently but it the food is, is free and great the menu is great awesome less free um, but even greater than the parking the game room is amazing all very much free and very much awesome the grab and go market if you want to grab something to go uh, the cheesecake is always an absolute recommendation coming out of the grab-and-go market for sure. Otherwise, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, celebrate, enjoy, have some cocktails. Thanks to Seth Emerson for joining us. Let's root for overtime together. Let's just all root for overtime on Saturday uh, and no hangovers on Sunday. Otherwise, have a great weekend, everybody. For Steve Cavendish, my name is Braden Gall. Thanks for listening. This has been Lamestream Sports here on the 440 Sports Network.